Good morning, everyone. Let me officially welcome you here this morning to Restoration's March 15th live stream um, for obvious reasons that I'll be mentioning here in a couple of moments after a brief time of worship. Uh, we have opted not to meet together corporately at the Hollywood theaters. So our plan this morning is to have some musical worship. Uh, Rob Olson, one of the many talented members of our worship team and his wife Katie, will do a couple of songs with you. And then I'll have a handful of comments I'd like to share with you about this time and the wonderful opportunity Jesus has given us to love him and serve our neighbor. So if you would open with me with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this time we have together. I thank you for everyone that is watching this or will watch this as it's posted. We pray now that you would help us to have an amazing time of worship and that we would remember a, a place or a locale is not what defines the worship of your people. The Holy Spirit in us is what binds us together. So we pray now in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Spirit that even though we are scattered, that you would absolutely connect our hearts as we look to and love your son Jesus this morning. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, all. Okay, the first song we're going to sing is Never Once. We sang it last week, so if you need to find it, um, go ahead and you can Google that, and, but we're going to start that together.
Well, let me go ahead and welcome you again if you're just joining us here for the live stream of what we're going to call an abbreviated version of Restoration Church's worship gathering here this morning. And before I, I mention the things that I'd like to share with you this morning, the first thing I want to do, especially if you've been a, a member or a partner of the Restoration Church family for any amount of time, is I want to point out uh, to your attention how amazing the staff and leadership of our church really are. We have been what is known as a portable church for 10 years in a movie theater, and that requires a lot of people, both leadership, pastoral staff, and congregants to set up and to break down and do all kinds of things in the Hollywood theaters. But this week, I learned another great thing about the, the caliber and commitment of the body of Christ that we have, and that within a handful of hours, really, we were able to completely convert what we were going to do here on Sunday into an environment like this. And so I want to encourage you this week to encourage somebody from our church, whether that's by text or phone call. A lot of people worked very hard just to get to the place where we could do a little bit of music with you this morning and for me to share with you uh, some profound, at least what I hope will be profound, truths from the Word of God. So with that said, good morning Restoration Church family and anybody else who is visiting uh, with us here at this time. Typically we meet in the Hollywood theaters right up the road, but right now we're meeting in the official offices of Restoration Church, which is a fancy way of saying the front of my house. Most of these books behind me are my library, how I develop our sermon materials each week, and this is truly the epicenter of what goes on in the life of Restoration Church. And that's going to be an important truth that I come back to here in a few moments. And what I mean by that is I want to talk to you about the importance of what it means to be a church that is decentralized and how we understand mission and ministry. And so last week I read to you a verse from the Apostle Paul when we gather together corporately in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And I'd like to open this time we have by rereading that verse to you again here this morning. There the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, uh, a young man growing in his faith and beginning to lead the people of God. He reminds him during a time of trial of this, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And again, that is 2 Timothy 1.7. And so while it's natural for us to be concerned, and it's even fair to say some people right now are anxious and fearful during times like this, the, the word pandemic is never one that's usually used in any kind of good context. I, I want to talk a little bit about that this morning, and I want to encourage you all to not let the spirit of fear or anxiety drive the way your heart thinks or your mind functions over these next days. And that's what Paul tells Timothy here in 2 Timothy 1.7. The assumption in this verse is that there are going to be times in life, uh, scenarios and circumstances that can and actually will drive our hearts towards fear and anxiety. This is truly part of what it means to be human. Uh, most of you know, if you have lived on this earth for any amount of time, that even without a, a global pandemic, life can be very difficult and our hearts can often be anxious. And so the first thing I want you to know this morning is that I am not speaking a single word, nor do I think the Apostle Paul is speaking a single word of idealism here. This verse tells us that God knows and really even empathizes with us when we feel this way. When fear or anxiety or trial or circumstance come our way, one of the blessings of loving Jesus is, is the way that he loves us. He is present with us in all circumstances and at all times. A couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned to you all that God is the God of our circumstances. And it's in times like this when we want to remind ourselves of that. So while God, I absolutely believe gives us the space and the freedom to be fearful and anxious at times. 
we, we can even go so far to say that the root of any fear or anxiety we have sort of stems from the place where we have a lack of trust and confidence in God. And I want to say that again because truly, wherever there is a heart that is defined by fear and anxiety, that typically indicates a place in our lives where we have stopped looking to and hoping in the trust and the grace of Jesus. And this is why Paul doesn't say in an idealistic way, you know, don't just be afraid. He actually gives us some, some Christian antidotes in how to deal with this. Paul encourages us to set our minds and our hearts on something different. To be rooted not in fear and anxiety, but in the power and the love of God during any circumstance we have in life. Even one as serious as this COVID-19 virus. Paul also tells us that one of the great benefits of trusting God during times like this is that it creates in us the exact opposite effect of fear and anxiety. If you read this text, if you have it in front of you, 2 Timothy 1.7, what Paul tells us is that our, our looking to God, our trust in God, our belief in His power, our, our trust in His love for us doesn't actually lead to fear. It can remove it. It leads us to what he says is a sound mind. And if you have observed our world over these past days, you've probably noticed that a great deal of what is happening has been informed not necessarily by a sound mind, but perhaps by fear and anxiety. And this is especially true uh, in what we've seen happen with toilet paper. Like, I can't believe I've been pastoring 21 years that I'm going to talk about toilet paper for a moment here with you. But if you have been to any grocery store, people have bought toilet paper like it is the, uh, the end of times. And I'm pretty sure toilet paper right now has more net worth than gold does. And so before I go on, I want to say one thing about toilet paper. We already had some before this, and I want you to know that I have six rolls available. And if you are willing to trade me your vehicle, I will give them to you uh, today. It's a good deal. Paper uh, for your vehicle, right? Now, I'm being a little bit humorous here, and normally at this time I would feed off of the energy of our church laughing. But I want you to know that there's, there actually is a little bit of satire in this humor. Uh, this is a great example of how some things can really cause our minds to just go a, a little bit irrational. And in light of this truth in 2 Timothy and the continuing information that we've received about the COVID-19 virus, we have obviously decided to not physically meet today in the movie theater. But I want to stress to you all this fact, that the decisions we as a leadership team have made were not made out of fear, they were not made out of timidity, they were not reactionary, rather they reflect the very nature of a group of people that have prayed this week and the sound mind that God has given us to protect not only ourselves, but equally as important, those around us who might be vulnerable to contracting this virus. And that is a very serious side note that I wanna mention here. I've noticed that there's a lot of debate online on whether or not churches should gather. And you know, I can't speak for other assemblies, but I know for our assembly, uh, we recognize that there is a possibility that you could completely uh, be healthy and actually transmit this to somebody who is in a higher risk scenario. And so it wasn't fear that has caused us to meet with you like this today. It was the real driving emphasis of the recognition that we live in a world where God calls us to care for ourselves and at times others as if they are more important than ourselves. So this is a safety precaution not only for our people but for the men and women and children we interact with in everyday life. And so in times like this, we, we want to trust God and adhere to the warnings and concerns of the scientific community. I want you to hear me say those two things together. We believe in and trust God, but we also want to adhere the advice and the information that comes from both the scientific 
and the medical community. And doing so proves that we as followers of Jesus are of sound mind. Those two things need to be balanced in times like this. And I want to remind you all, this will sort of pick up where I began this morning, that Restoration Church has never just been a meeting place. Secondary only to the nature of who Jesus is, how he loves us, and what he has done for us. This is the truth that I have perhaps proclaimed more than any other in the 10 years that we have been together meeting in a movie theater. We have always seen ourselves not as a, a single meeting place, a church family restricted to an hour a week in a building. Uh, we've never seen ourselves as a, a centralized entity that cannot function, for example, when something like this happens, when, when the very nature of gathering as we are accustomed to is, is threatened. We've never seen ourselves as what I like to say is a single mound of salt, like one big pile of Christians collected together on the weekend. We've always believed in the philosophy of Jesus' great commission, that we are to be scattered salt. And what I mean by this is that Christianity is not relegated to a time or a place. This is especially important to know during a time like this, when the epicenter of what a lot of Christianity is for people is simply just a weekend gathering. And I love our weekend gathering. We spend great amounts of time preparing them. But what I need you to hear now is that the Church of God, Jesus' Church, has never been limited to or restricted by a place and time. Simply put, wherever we are, wherever the salt is scattered, there Jesus is also. Because He is with us wherever we go. And wherever we go, including into circumstances like this, the presence of Christ is there. So please remember that during this time, there will likely be many God-given opportunities for you to worship Jesus far beyond songs and sermons. I have nothing against songs, we just sang them, or sermons, I'm delivering you one right now. But I want you to know that the epicenter of Christianity is not song and sermon. Over these next days, we will have incredible opportunities to love and to serve our neighbors, to, to scatter salt and light in our world where it is needed most. And that is one of the key distinctions I want to point out to you during this time. If you look through the annals of history, you are going to find that there are no shortage of world crises or even pandemic events. One of the characteristic traits of the Christian community during times like this, if you have studied any form of Christianity, church history anyways, is that Christians have always been known for not only caring for themselves, that's an important part of this, we obviously want to make sure we are healthy, but there's a, a definitive mark that you can notice throughout history in some of most of the trial, some of the most trialed times that the earth has presented us, and that is that Christians have had equal and at times even a more sacrificial love for the neighbor. Throughout history, there are a slew of examples of times when God's people disadvantaged themselves for the sake of others. And just sort of continuing on with the humor I mentioned a moment ago, the modern day analysis of this would be that you're not storing up toilet paper for 25 years, but you recognize that you're a type of person who might need to share some with the person who lives next to you or any other need that comes up. This has been the characteristic definition of God's church. They are people who do not fear circumstances and in light of that have been able to do great ministry amongst people who have had need, even amongst the body of God. So in light of all of this, I'm, I'm asking you over this next week to pray with me. Today and in the days that follow, I'm going to encourage all of you to seek God's peace and being mindful, not just of peace in our own hearts, but of the fact that we are called in any circumstance to make sure that the people in our lives are as 
equal uh, a priority as our own lives. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what Jesus tells us. And we are especially right now to pray for those who are most vulnerable amongst us. And so there are three areas I'd like to invite you to join me with or in praying over these next days. I'll share them with you, and I want you to know that they're also going to be up on our Facebook page afterwards so that you can return to them throughout the course of the week. The first area of prayer, and I, I find it not even necessarily ironic, but, but somewhat very pointed that for the past month, we as a church have been reading through the book and studying the book of Nehemiah, and we have been dialed in on this truth of the importance of praying as God's people and acting. And right now, we have no better opportunity to have what I like to call applied theology, practical theology expressed in our lives. We can take these truths we know about God and actually begin to live them out in our lives. And these three prayers are a guidance for you. I certainly want to encourage you to, to pray as God leads, but I hope the epicenter of where you begin will start here. First area of prayer emphasis is to pray for comfort and peace and healing for those who are suffering. A lot of people are ill right now. Uh, there are people around the world who have lost loved ones. And so what we want to do is pray that God would comfort the afflicted and bring peace to those who are anxious during this time. We want to pray also for God to intervene and protect the vulnerable and to comfort those who have already lost loved ones. And we do this not just by asking God to do this, but by taking uh, the precautions that our CDC and our local officials and science tell us help to do this. So part of what we do as believers in these next weeks really indicates part of what God is doing because God works through us. So the first thing is to pray for comfort and peace and healing for those who are suffering. The second prayer request that I ask you to, to unify your voice amongst the body of restoration in is this. Pray for God to help us love our neighbor as ourselves. And what I mean by this is that at a time when it is very easy to get myopic, to start thinking about what we need, these are the opportunities in our world where we need to have a heightened sense of awareness about what our neighbors need. This is the very essence of the nature of the story of Jesus Christ. Uh, he completely sacrifices himself, puts himself on the cross for us. He gives us what we need and completely lays aside his own desires and wants. And while I'm not in any way discouraging you from taking care of yourself, I'm simply saying make sure that you're praying during these times that God makes aware to your mind and to your heart, not just your own needs, but the needs that might possibly exist around you. Remember, if you are governed by a spirit of fear right now, you won't be able to pray for this. You won't be able to, to sort of re reflect on this. You will be consumed by irrational thought and emotions. And this is why this verse in 2 Timothy 1.7 is so important. What you want to do right now, if you are a person who is maybe struggling with anxiety or really stressed about this issue, is, this issue, is to recognize that's somewhat of a natural human response. But God doesn't want to leave you there. So really ask God to show you his power over these next days, to bathe you in his love, and to ask him to give you the confidence that you need in him that enables you to live your life in such a way that your mind and soul are sound and at peace, that they are defined by the wisdom of God, not the anxiety of our flesh. So the second is to pray for God, uh, pray to God that God would help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. The third prayer is pray for the officials and healthcare workers on the front lines of this situation. All throughout the Bible, you will find that we are called to pray for those who have been put in authority over us. This is a time to lay down 
uh, partisan politics and all that other nonsense that comes with it, and to pray that every healthcare worker in our country and around the world, that every government official would be given an acute sense of wisdom, uh, uh, an acute sense of peace, and an enduring, st enduring stamina to handle this situation on our behalf in the weeks that come. We want to pray, simply pray for them to make good decisions, to be of sound mind as they determine what happens, if anything. Over the past weeks, during our times gathered at the Hollywood theaters, during our worship time, I have been teaching from Nehemiah about the importance of a church family being unified in their prayer life right now. And this is something that is critical, not just to our church, but really to the corporate church, capital C, globally. Right now, we have a great opportunity to put these teachings into action. And these prayer points, again, are going to be posted on Facebook a little bit later today, shortly after this time, as well this video. This will be live, and we're going to link it to our website as soon as we have the capacity to do so. So please make these requests a priority in your life this week. And we're also going to be this week posting several tools and resources so that you can keep connected. Remember, the body of Christ is not, is not a cumulative mass of people in and of itself. It is actually... It, wherever we go, the body of Christ goes. And so our church staff is going to be continuing to give you devotional time through our Lent guide. We have some children's resources we want to we wanna put out there. We want you to know that even though we're not meeting on Sunday, worship must continue through our words and our deeds. So you can keep in touch with this by primarily checking our Facebook page and certainly going to our website. So this is a great time to like the page if you're not connected to it to get notifications about any and all pertinent information, not just in opportunities we have to serve, but in what the weeks ahead of us might look like. This will be examined what we do on the weekend on a week-by-week -week basis. In a moment, we're going to close and pray for these three items. I'd like to corporately pray with us, but before we do so, I want to mention two important matters uh, regarding our, our posture when it comes to financial generosity, Christian stewardship. The first is of particular importance to those of you who are partners or members of Restoration Church. Uh, we've had sort of an abundance of requests this week, questions uh, by text and especially on our Facebook page about how you can continue to support the mission of restoration through your tithes and your offerings when we are not meeting. This question's come up even on Facebook. We've addressed it there, but I want to verbalize it now so you know the answer to this. I want to briefly address this from two angles, so hang on with me here for a moment. First, I, I want to thank you for asking these questions. It continues to say a great deal about the faithfulness of our church body and the character that it has, especially at a time where there might be increased benevolence needs. It's, it's amazing to me that in this particular way, you are not only thinking about yourself, you are thinking about our corporate family. And the majority of our people contrib contribute online through a giving portal at restorationpo.com. That's our website. That is one way you can continue to support the work of restoration. I'd also ask if you are accustomed to placing any type of check type offerings in our towers on Sunday, that you mail those checks to our office address, which is 1648 Taylor Road, number 202, Port Orange, Florida, 32128. That will also be on our Facebook page and website. And the reason I'm saying this is because several of you have actually mailed checks to my home this week, and I'm thankful for that. We'll get those to the place where they need to go, but it's preferable uh, when you practice generosity that you send those, uh, those gifts to that main area or use the online contribution system. The second matter of generosity I wanna speak about is equally as, as important. I always say on Sunday when we gather that generosity includes the needs of our church so that we can continue to labor 
for the, in the name of Jesus, wherever he leads us. But it cannot be limited to our church. This, this, this truth I'm about to share with you is no different than how we understand worship. Generosity matters amongst the people of God, but it also matters when we are not around the people of God. And it is very likely that God will provide you spontaneous opportunities to be generous with your resources and to support and serve your neighbor or your community or ways of supporting somebody or something that, that we don't even know about because it hasn't even been brought to you yet by God. So please be aware and mindful of this. Remember, wherever you go, Jesus goes. So open your hearts to worship him through your words and your deeds. Follow his direction wherever he leads. Bless somebody with your fidelity to be generous when that opportunity presents itself. Please do not think, because churches can't meet on Sunday, that the worship of Jesus Christ and the work and love he has for the people of this world ceases. I would actually make a strong argument right now that we have a better opportunity to worship Jesus like this than we do in the rooms we do on Sunday morning. So if you have any questions about any of this or what we've spoken about here this morning, please feel free to contact our church office. You can email us. You can call us. We'll do our best to get back with you as soon as we can. And I want to emphasize before we pray that the work of Christ continues to go on even during times like this. In fact, the Christian church has a strong pedigree of shining very brightly in moments like this. And because of a time like this, I think that it is rather fitting that we join together and close our time here this morning with a word of prayer. I'm going to pray for the three things I invited you to pray alongside me with this week and a few other things. But I would ask that throughout the course of this week, you make these the particular emphasis points of your prayer. And if you would, uh, join me in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we do come to you now, and we thank you that you are God, no matter what is going on in our lives. You are the God of the mountaintop and the God of the valley. You are the God of times of peace and times of anxiety. You are God, no matter what is happening. And so we do come to you now, Father, however our hearts approach you, wherever we are, we come to you now, first and foremost, asking that we would absolutely be a people who rest in your power, trust in your truth, and, and that you would lead us to a place where we are of sound mind and heart, that we could avoid hysteria, but also, Lord, that we could actually heed critical warnings when they are necessary. Give us balance of mind and spirit in the way that we conduct ourselves in the days that follow. And we do pray right now for comfort and peace for those who have been afflicted globally by this. We pray for healing for those who are suffering from it. We pray, Father, for the prevention of this to, uh, to continue spreading. We just ask, God, that your hand of healing and mercy and grace would be upon every single person on this globe, not just in our church family, and that we would recognize there are times throughout history where we do realize we might live in different geographies and have different countries and different ethnic affiliations that we consider ourselves uh, aligned with, but t moments like this show us we are truly a single people uh, united around the globe, created in your image. And so we pray, Father, that we would recognize we're all on this together right now, and we would pray in that way. I also ask, God, that you would give your people an acute awareness to love neighbor as self, that we would certainly take care of our own needs and the needs of our family and friends, but that we would be mindful of the fact that there are likely going to be ways you are working and seeking to serve others that are vulnerable or have need. And I pray, Lord, that every single person who professes your name, every single person who says that they love Jesus, that they would be deeply tuned into your will and that we would sense the direction of the Holy Spirit and serve and bless others wherever you provide us the opportunity. And I do ask, God, that you would give us the courage to serve others, 
even if it is at the expense of benefiting our own selves. One of the greatest truths of Christianity is that Jesus disadvantages himself on the cross for our advantage. In his death, we receive life. And I pray that the paradigm of the cross would be ever-present in our minds and our hearts as we live our lives in these days and weeks that follow. And lastly, we do ask God, uh, we pray for those, God, in authority right now, that you would absolutely give wisdom and protection to government officials, that you would strengthen the healthcare workers that are seeking to figure out what the next steps are. Every single person involved in this, we ask God that you would protect them and that, God, you would just give them uh, an incredible amount of wisdom and information and knowledge to proceed as is best for the, the betterment of our world, our country, and certainly the people that we love. Father, we do bring all of this to you right now, and I pray especially for those uh, in our restoration family and for those that might be visiting with our restoration family this morning. Maybe this is the, the first time you've actually had contact with our body. I pray that you would never forget this truth that our church is still a church family. Even though we're not gathered corporately right now, we are united by the Holy Spirit. And what that means is we are inseparable. So no matter where you go, know that Jesus and the grace of your brother and sister in Christ go with you. We are truly unified as one body serving one Lord under one God. And I pray that truth would encourage us. Should it be that there are weeks where we cannot gather, may we never forget that time and place is not what defines the body of Christ. Christ is who defines the body of Christ. And I pray that that would bring us to the place where a sound mind and a confident heart directs our steps over these next days. Father, we ask all of this this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen again, I, I want to thank you for being flexible with us here today and joining us here uh, through this time of live worship. We'll keep you posted of what's going on uh, throughout the course of this week. I also want you to know if you're, uh, if you're a restoration regular, then you know what is about to happen. Uh, if you are not, I'll give you a heads up. Every week at the end of our time of gathering, we give what we call a benediction, which is just a, a general conferred blessing on how God loves us and what he desires to do in our lives throughout the course of this week. So this week, I will close, as we do every other week, with our benediction. As you think about this week and all that's going on in the world, remember, Jesus loves you deeply. But he does not only just love you, he loves your neighbor. And so I pray that everything you do, everything you think, every step you take, every action you, you proceed to, to bring about in your life, every dollar you spend would be defined by the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And as you go, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father in heaven, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace this week. Amen. We love you. Contact us if you need something.